Please enjoy the following sermon from the West Side Church of God Seventh Day in Oklahoma City. This is the Sabbath, Saturday, April 18th, 2020. The title, Risen with Christ. Here's Pastor Ed Lewin. Okay, thank you. And good morning, everyone. I've got uh, the title for today. It's the first thing I want to mention. It's uh, Risen with Christ. Usually uh, sermons right after uh, the uh, crucifixion story and the Lord's Supper and so on, I like to do something around that topic of risen, uh, about Jesus is risen. And uh, so I chose Risen with Christ. That gives us a little different angle. And it's going to be uh, quite a bit from Colossians chapter 3. If you want to take your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 3. And I'm going to be going back and forth on some of these verses. So uh, it'll be uh, a little broken looking like because I'm going away from it and back to it and away from it and back to it. So uh, I could uh, read all of it, but I'd rather that the audience would, would read it at home. <laughs> that uh, everybody would be willing to uh, do some homework and study at home. The uh, scripture speaks of spiritual resurrection. Resurrection. If that's true, then there must be a death. There must be a life before that. Life and death and burial. Before there can be a resurrection. So we want to follow these uh, thoughts to see where we can get to with them. In uh, Colossians 3, verse 3 is where I'm heading. So I'm going to take that first here. Colossians chapter 3. I'll read 1, 2, 3. If ye then be risen with Christ. Hence the title. Okay. <laughs> risen with Christ. And if, then there's got to be something you've got to do, like a computer program. If this, then that happens. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Ran over this again and again in the scriptures, where Jesus is at the right hand of God. And so I love that thought, to keep finding those spots where Jesus is. But we're looking up for a couple of different reasons. One, because that's where Jesus is. And, uh, and where the... Uh, right hand of God is, we're talking to the Heavenly Father, look up. Another thing is uh, when things get tough and the end is coming, we talk about the trumpets are going to blow, we're waiting for that. And, uh, but when you look up, you're expecting Christ to come. And the angel said, as you've seen him leave, that's how he's going to return. Well, it's natural then to look up and definitely guide our lives by what's up there by the Heavenly Father and by the Son and by the righteousness and things that we should be doing for the Lord. So verse 2 says, set your affections on things above. We, we, as humans, we seem to set our affections here and then there and then there and then there. And we've got all these other places and they become gods if we're not careful. Start serving other gods instead of having our affections, our ideas and our leadership and so on. Our mind, set your mind, the margin says, on things above. 
not on things on earth. That's for sure. Earth is going to be destroyed. The things of the earth wear out and get old and just rust and moth dust corrupt and bad guys come in and steal. <laughs> no, the, the earthly things are not a good idea. So verse 3, for if ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. A lot of things that we need to kind of tack down. Uh, if, we're, if we're dead, well, dead to what? Dead to sin, dead to this world, dead to that whole system. We'll run across some verses of that. And your life is hid, is hid. Our life is hid. We're, we're using it so much for the Lord that it's all about the Lord. And, and we just are part of the Lord. We're, we're in the background there. We're hid with Christ. With Christ. In God. The two working together in harmony. And we can be uh, talking to Jesus and asking the Heavenly Father for what we need in Jesus' name. Amen. That the two are working together. So if we're hid in Christ, we're also hid in God. We're able to say that. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then he shall be, shall also appear with him in glory. A lot of things are happening there when, uh, when you're lifted up from the earth to be with the Lord. Uh, you're going to go to, to meet him in the air, um, always be with him from then on. But even in this life, if we're all about Christ, all about Christ in this life, then we are, um, when, when things turn around and Christ comes to rule the earth, we'll be in him. We'll be in that system and in that situation. Okay, so uh, I want to go to, well, something I'm going to quote from here because I've got them written out and underlined and so on. But uh, in Galatians 2, verse 20, it says, ye are dead. Yeah, we're dead to this world. We're dead to the, the system of this world and, and the problems and situations of this world. But I want to take you from verse to verse here a little bit. Uh, well, let me run these past you first. This is just a string of verses, and we could look up every one of them, but it would take quite a little bit of time. So if you're writing these down, the first one is Romans 6, 3. And I'm going to go real quick, get the thought from there, and then go on. So Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. That's how you die. You've joined with Jesus Christ. You've been baptized into Jesus Christ. He died. We died. Died to this world for sure. Um, and if we're, we're dead, other situ situations are going to happen. What are you going to do with the dead body? That'll, that'll come. Okay, we'll get there. Okay. So here, uh, baptism is very, very important because we're going to, uh, I, I like to refer to it as signing the contract. Uh, you say, I'm going to join with Jesus Christ. In their day, that was a death sentence. You were, if you were a Christian, you're on the list to be put to death. You know, you're hated of all men. So you need to know for sure what you're doing when you say, I want to be baptized. And you accept Christ as your Savior, and then you want to be baptized. So you're being in that situation of joining Christ. Very serious matter. 
And in uh, Romans chapter 6, 6 is the next one here. So we're close by here. We can get to verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. This body that was serving sin, slave to sin, we need to get rid of that. We need to destroy that. It's going to be crucified. Uh, we are being crucified with him. We made a choice, and now you know, what's going to happen? Well, when we uh, uh, crucify that body, it's going to die. So we, we're going to destroy that body. Henceforth, we should not serve sin anymore. If we're making a choice to serve the Heavenly Father and Him only, then the other side has to be thrown away. You can't be on both sides of the fence at the same time. Many verses could come to that defense. Then we know that uh, uh, the old man has to be crucified and put, put out of his misery and buried. We say bury the old man in the water baptism. So let's go to uh, other verses here as well. Just keep going here. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Chapter 2. I got a lot of little papers in here, so I hope I can go a little faster. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses. Yeah, getting wrong there. Start again. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were in those things, and it was a death sentence there. We, we need to get out of there. What's this word quickened me? Brought to life. You can be brought back to life. Because you had been dead, and you're being brought back to life. In Ephesians chapter 2, I wanted to read even uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Let's do it. So verse 2 says, Wherein in time past we walked according to the course of this world. Yeah, we did. Right. According to the prince of the power of the air, that bad guy, we were there. The prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Oh, we don't want to be in the children of disobedience. We need to fix that problem. Get out of there. Straighten ourselves out. Among whom also we all had our conversation, our way of life, our behavior, mannerism, besides voice, speech, in times past, good things past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilled the desires of the flesh of the and of the mind, and were by nature, we were by nature the children of wrath even as others. We were no better than anybody else. We were sinners. We were bad. We were worldly. Uh, we were flesh. Oh, yeah. By nature. Came from Adam. By nature. That's what we behaved like. But God, who is rich in mercy, wow, God came shining through. He had something better for us. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he hath loved us. 
we were talking about it in Sabbath school class, about love. We're back in 1 John chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, the love of God. Wow. Even when we were dead in sins, we, we were those awful people. God still loved us because what? He hath quickened us together with Christ. He brought us alive in Christ. By grace are ye saved. Boy, if it wasn't for grace, you're ahead. You're toast. <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah, so we need to be thankful always. Amen. So back to uh, to a verse a little bit similar to, to what we're talking about here. I want to go to Galatians chapter 2. And I'm going to run back and forth to Galatians a couple times as well. So Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Kind of getting this whole thing said again. Crucified. With Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, yeah, we're still here in this world, we've still got a fleshly body that's going to have to die someday. I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Even though we're still human, we're still here, we're still in this world of sin, but you've switched things, you've changed things around. So that you, you can identify with Christ in the crucifixion. You say, I live because he came back from the tomb, came back from the grave, and uh, he's living in me. Mm. Wow. Is that true? You know, we, we need to ration, rationalize this thinking. Is that really true? Can Christ live in me? Uh, we want him to live in us, even though that we're still here in the flesh. So going on to... Uh, uh, continued thoughts here. The risen life is. The risen life is what life? What's it like? Well, it's a, a lot of putting off. <laughs> the scriptures talk about putting off. Uh, here's one from uh, uh, Ephesians uh, 4. Ephesians 4. Let's go to Ephesians 4. And then I'm going to jump right back to Colossians again, so you might get your finger ready for Colossians. Because these thoughts are similar, very similar in both of these books. Okay. Um, in verse, uh, verse 8 and verse 9. It's, uh, uh, they're so similar that I might be in the wrong chapter. 8 and 9. Oh, yes, okay. Colossians chapter 3. Hold on to that one first. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. But now ye also put off all these. Oh, so this life in this world is a lot of putting off. Get rid of this. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. That's the putting off. Get rid of that stuff. That's verse 8 and 9 there in Colossians chapter 3. Now I'm going to Ephesians, which I can just turn the page over here because it held both places. Chapter 4 and verse 22, 23, 24, uh, 22. 
but put off, oh, we're in the same place, <laughs> put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, get rid of that, put it off, get rid of it, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and by renewing in the spirit of your mind, change your mind, get your mind on the right wavelengths, and get it straightened out, verse 24, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. So there's a lot of putting off, but there must be something that we need to put on. We'll get to even more of that. But you know, I, I got to thinking about the Katie did that when I go out looking at my tree every once in a while in front of our house, I see a skeleton kind of thing hanging there. And it looks like the two eyes and the head and the body, the legs, the legs are still hanging out of the tree, but it's actually, you can see through it. It's a shell. The animal itself has left, crawled out backwards, I guess, and flew away. It's gone. But the shell is still hanging on the tree. Uh, boy, uh, snakes shed their skins. Uh, I don't know whether they crawl out backwards or forward, but uh, the skin is left, so I think they went forward. Um, it's going to take some time, I guess, to get rid of that old man. Get rid of him. Um, in Hebrews 1 and 2, I love this chapter. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to turn there, even though I know what's there. But uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Chapter 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, you know what the previous chapter is? All of the witnesses. Such a great cloud of people. It's like being in a stadium and you've went through all of these people's names and who they were. It gets more and more and more and more as you get towards the end of that chapter. So here we're saying we're, we're compassed about there's people all around us that are this great cloud of witnesses. Two things, witnesses can tell what has happened to them Witness your own personal testimony, but also they're witnessing that you're telling the truth or that you're truthful or that you're behaving correctly, you're doing things right. Um, so the next words is, let us lay aside every weight and, and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I loved it because I was a runner. In these days, they used to put weights on their ankles and then they'd run because it made their legs strong. The practice time was doubled kind of by having those weights. Well, when the real race came, take the weights off and you could just fly. Uh, so now as a, a sinner coming to Christ, we need to get rid of all that weight that we're carrying. Get rid of that garbage. And then we'll be able to run the race properly that's before us. What's the next verse? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down. Here we go again. Where is he at? He is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Set down. Another place it says standing. Here it's setting. Set down. I even put all those verses down the side of my page that had that same reference. Mm. I love to do it. So you can go back and forth very easily to find these verses where Jesus is at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. What year was this? Well, I guess this, was, uh, this book was written 
about 64 to 65 AD. Or do you say it the other way around, AD 64, 65. And uh, Colossians, I guess, was written in 61 and 62 uh, AD. And Jesus was up there. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, I'm going to find another one that's even closer. Yeah, closer to the time when Jesus died. That he went to the Father and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Okay, so here we are with these uh, calling for us to cleanse ourselves and to get out of those things that are, are bad. Uh, next verse is 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. And I want verse 7, chapter 7. Chapter 7. And verse 8. Two tickets in here because I'm coming right back. <laughs> so hang on to this area. Chapter 7, though, and verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved. He's just pleading with these people. Dearly beloved, we have these promises that he's been talking about in the previous chapter and so on. And he had to give them a good scolding in 1 Corinthians. But now he knows that they're doing it. They're responding to his, his admonition, his advice. And he says, uh, uh, I'm glad that we have these promises, dearly beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves. Some say, well, you know, there's nothing you can do for salvation. No, you can't build a new plan of salvation. But it is planned. It is built. And we can take care of that. We can use that. But you know, if you're a filthy person, you ought to wash. <laughs> yes, we ought to cleanse ourselves. I guess when I was thinking of this, I thought when, when Jesus came to uh, Peter and said, I'm going to wash your feet. And he said, oh, no, you don't. You're the prince of the universe. You can't wash my feet. You can't stand there. You can't allow it. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you're not part of me. Oh, then he changed his mind. He said, well, hey, how about you wash my hands? I want my hands to work for the, for the Lord. Wash my feet, yes. But how wash my head? Wow. He wanted his mind right with God. He, he was wanting it all the way. Not just the feet. Okay. So there's a lot of things to think of when we're here in this verse. Um, because we need to be cleansed from all filthiness of the flesh. Wow. Right on. Uh, it's worse nowadays. And the spirit. Our attitude, our actions, our behaviors, our mannerisms, our spirit of how we do things. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. People don't want to have you say perfecting. They don't want holiness to be said. You're all right that we are. Come as you are. God will accept you. Uh, what does it say? Cleanse yourselves. Get on with the job. Do something for the Lord. Stand for the right. Cleanse yourselves. In the flesh and in the spirit of it all. And perfecting holiness in your body for the fear of the Lord. Okay, let's keep going. Life is a lot about putting on, I've already read that one verse, that we put on the new man, renewing our knowledge after the image of, uh, that created us. That's in uh, uh, Colossians 3.10. talks about that. Put on, therefore, how uh, the bowels of mercy and kindness. That's in Colossians 3, verse 12. So you want to read that Colossians 3. Another point here, putting on the new man, 
Uh, we talked about that, read some of that. Uh, uh, and still retain the, the deeds of the old man. This, this can't work, right? They're not compatible. You can't put on the new man and have the old deeds of the old man together. The Bible doesn't allow for that. Nature doesn't allow for that. You can't have the two in the same person. So be sure you cleanse yourself. Get out of that old man. Get away from him. Above all things, we need to put on charity, love, charity. Colossians 3 verse 14 says, And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Yeah, you've got to do that too. And then here's Romans uh, 6, 4. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism unto death that like as Christ was raised from the dead, the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Newness of life. We need to be doing that sort of a thing. And then in Romans, again, uh, the next verse, uh, so it's chapter 6, verse 5, for we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also... Uh, in the likeness, we should, well, meaning planet, uh, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. If this is true, then that is true, is what that verse is saying. Like, they used to love that in, in uh, mathematics. You put three dots in a triangle. Therefore, <laughs> if this is true, therefore, then this is true. Uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, will add to this. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Uh, where to go again? Chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's, you do this, and you do this, and you do this. And therefore, the three dots, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, we want to be in Christ. We're supposed to be in Christ. We need to get there. But if you're in Christ, he is a new creature. Something different has happened in their life. I used to love hearing that statement. Something got a hold of me because the old nature wasn't going to be able to exist anymore. The Heavenly Father got a hold of them. The Spirit of God got a hold of them. Old things are passed away. They need to be gone, done with. Behold, all things are become new. Suddenly we love things that we didn't love before. We behave differently, respond differently. In uh, the verses we read in, uh, in Colossians 3 verse 1, it also said that we need a life of seeking. We should live a life of seeking. And verse 2 would go along with that too. Uh, if I just read from my notes here, we are not to seek earthly things, but heavenly things. Seek those things which are above you need to be, that's from Colossians 3, verse 2. And then advice would be to be seeking those things approved, those that are properly from the Heavenly Father, not the appraisal and the praise, the clapping, you know, the rewards of this earth. Uh, no, not that kind of uh, seeking for heavenly approval, not the earthly type. Uh, another verse here is from Hebrews 11, verse 10. It says, he uh, looked for a city 
which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. I could get so carried away with this because he's looking for this phenomenal city. It's told about in the Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. And it has foundations. That's not just this, you know, that it's got this kind of a foundation. It's got a base. It's got a value system in its construction. Its roots are a foundation. They're phenomenal. Whose builder and maker is God. He did it right the first time. It's fantastic. And that's what we're looking for. Abraham's looking for that city. And we need to be looking for that city. Then in another, uh, so that's a life of seeking the Lord and seeking his ways. A life of peace. Oh boy, we can use a bunch of that today in the world that we're in. Well, here's some advice, I guess you could say. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's in Colossians 3, verse 15. So we're back in Colossians again. <laughs> you want to read all of that. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Our world is so upside down, so much turmoil, so much trouble. Uh, awful situations going on now. People are stressed out. Uh, we need the, the, uh, the peace that only Heavenly Father can give us. Then there will be, if we get to that home, the, the, the city, uh, there will be a time when there is no more sin to haunt us and taunt us and trouble us and so on. And Jesus appeared to his disciples, uh, if you remember the various times when they got together and so on. First off, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, and Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. That's in uh, John 20, verse 19. And he said unto them, Peace be unto you. Comforting word immediately from Jesus. They were fearful. They, they had the door shut and bolted probably, but they were protecting themselves for fear from what was going on around them. And Jesus came in the middle of that situation into their room and he said, Peace be unto you. Um, we have peace because we have a risen Christ. If we had a dead Christ, we might still be worried. We have a risen Christ. He's there able to help us and love us and take care of us. He's the Prince of Peace. Like I said a moment ago, Prince of the Universe? Right. Uh, he will give us peace. He will bring us peace. John 14, 27 also says that he will... He wills us peace. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it says again, it is a peace which passes all understanding. We need those verses. And then it's a life of joy and singing as well when we get right with the Lord. Uh, Colossians 3, 16, back to Colossians 3. You need the whole book. You need to read the chapter. Okay. Uh, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. Carrying on here. Um, we need to be uh, happy, filled with the Spirit, not with drunkenness and uh, excess, but to be filled with the Spirit. That's Ephesians verse 5 and verse 18. Verse 5, 18. And then 19 follows right along with it, speaking uh, to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, Ephesians 5, 19. 
Um, you'll find these same, same things in Colossians. It kind of ties together, but um, this is in uh, Ephesians 5.19. Then there's another verse that we think about, like advice, if we put the thoughts together. Uh, if uh, the, the, the risen life is not down in the mouth, we say, well, he's sad, he's uh, overcome with this or that, he's down in the mouth. Uh, no, we should not be that way. Uh, we can't be melancholy all the time. That's, that's not right. We should have joy to know that we have salvation, that we have a Heavenly Father that loves us and cares for us. We have that kind of joy that others can't understand because he is no longer in the tomb. He's in the heavenlies. In Mark 16, verse 9, 19, Mark 16, verse 19, that Jesus was risen and has gone to the right hand of the Father, right hand of the throne. Also in Acts 7, 55 and 56, it says Jesus is in the heaven, standing or sitting, next to the right hand of God. Who saw that? Stephen. Stephen could see, he had a vision. He said, the heaven is open to him. He can see what's going on in heaven. And Jesus is there standing at the right hand of God. So that's a testimony, a truth. And Hebrews 8, 21, we've already read too, that he was uh, a priest. We have a priest in heaven. That's Jesus Christ. And he's next to the heavenly father at the right hand. When we change our lifestyle, we change over to a true life with Jesus Christ, it's going to be a life of power. Matthew 28, verse 18, after Jesus' resurrection, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You want to be on his side, right? And then that's available to you, okay? So we have all power because of Jesus. Another thought here, Jesus uh, said, the, uh, the world thought of him as helpless. He didn't defend himself. Didn't even talk back. He didn't get rude and nasty and struggle and fight. Uh, he said, if my soldiers were going to defend me, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could call the thousands of angels. But he didn't. He submitted even unto death. And he received what? Because he was submitting, submittive, submissive and was calm and gentle and quiet even though they took advantage of him he received life everlasting and all the power that God could give him uh, he has received that so uh, submitting can be a big part of it we submit ourselves to his power and authority you might try the, the reading that in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 and uh, we know that he came to the power that he had there. I want to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 11 as well. So I'm going to go to Romans 8, chapter 11, uh, verse 11, chapter 8, verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelled in you, if that's true, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the same spirit that dwelleth in you. 
if Christ is in you, you have the ability that God's going to give it to you, that those things are going to raise you up and give you abilities that are beyond your wildest dream, I guess you could say. Uh, and, and in Acts 1, verse 8, I mentioned, ye shall, be, ye shall receive power, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. We're out there in the uttermost. Okay. And I'm glad that it came to us Amen. who are way out there. And uh, we have that power and ability from God. If we have Christ in us, that's the thought there. We will have that power. So the disciples returned to Jerusalem after the resurrection and went to the upper room with joy and more power. When sad, uh, this sad, uh, cringing, backward, humiliating group, that's what they were. They ran when Jesus got taken. They hid. They spoke badly. They were, what, what happened to them? All of a sudden they received this power from Jesus Christ. That verse in Acts 1. Instead, what happened? They became aggressive, stalwart, and a powerful group who could turn the world upside down. Remember, the other countries accused the, Paul and the, his friends that were coming in. They've come over here and they turned our world upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So uh, when Peter stood up amongst the 11 in Acts 2 and verse 14, he said, uh, He was standing up unafraid of the people and not denying his Lord. Before he'd been denying his Lord, right? And now he didn't in this reading there in, in Acts chapter 2 verse 14. He was not afraid. He stood up and said, I have to tell what I saw and what I did, what I heard, and uh, I'm testifying and witnessing. It's also a life of victory. Uh, the uh, Statements about Jesus, he was captured by death. They captured him physically, and death got him. Satan figured, I got him, I made it. Uh, he was put in a tomb, and the Romans sealed it. That would sort of say he, he's, he's a goner. He's, uh, he's lost it all. He was guarded so that nobody would escape. And on the third day, what happened? came out victoriously. Wow, right at the end of the third day, I like that statement. As the sun was setting, the end of the day, he came out of the tomb. He was rushed to be put into the tomb before the sun went down because the high day was coming. And uh, it was the annual high day. But he didn't have to wait for anybody to come and break the seal. And when the angel came and rolled the stone back, he was already gone. Okay, so that's fantastic, uh, knowing a victory that's there. In Revelation 1, chapter 18, Jesus is being told about, and yet it's a statement from Jesus, because John the Revelator is writing it. I am he that liveth, wow, yes, and was dead. Yeah, he was in the tomb. He was dead three days and three nights. And behold, I am alive forevermore. We want that. We want to be friends with Jesus. 
then in that uh, Revelation chapter, it says, uh, I am alive forevermore. Amen. That means very truthfully. Amen. And have the keys to hell and death. Hell is the grave. And all those that go there, if you're not with the Lord, you've got a real problem on your hands. The next thing you're going to find is the judgment day. That was Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. And in 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, it says, Thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can look for that victory. We can say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have victory in doing it. In 1 John 5 and verse 4, it says, This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith gives us that victory. So how do we put the last words to this? The spiritual resurrection gives us real life. We're going to have a life worth living if we turn it over to, to Jesus, turn it over to the Heavenly Father. We will have an abundant life, not just drudgery and day after day, one foot in front of the other. We'll have abundant life. It is a life the average person never experiences, but Christians enjoy, enjoy itself, enjoy peace that the world can't understand, and satisfaction in everything in our everyday life. We're just glad to be here. May God bless you.